Hi everyone, my name is Mayor Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Life on the Farm. Thank you to those of you who have stuck around since the last episode. Life has been nothing short of crazy and all-encompassing due to residency, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I've had the opportunity to travel with friends and family, make some incredible memories, and really take some time to rest when I'm not inside the hospital, which I think has been really important for myself as residency is not a sprint, but a marathon. And when you have decided to early commit and end up pursuing the specialty of your dreams, you have another another year of all of this fun to look forward to. And so today I actually want to talk about that specialty as I left off with my last rotation in antimicrobial stewardship. And today I want to talk about the next rotation I had, which was in emergency medicine. And for those of you who do not know, and as I've alluded to, I early committed to stay on in the emergency medicine department as a PGY2 for next year. So starting July 1st, I will have officially started my second year of residency. So second year, two times the fun is what I'm assuming will happen, but probably will be just as crazy as this year, if not more chaotic. And I truly really wouldn't have it any other way. And so I want to go ahead and share all of that experience with you all today. For those of you who are interested in emergency medicine and know this is something you want to do, I hope that this can shed some light on my experience. For those of you who maybe want to stay a million miles away from the nearest ED, maybe this can give you some insight at least into how things work. And so eventually when patients do make it to the floor, kind of what their whole course looks like um, via intake. And for those of you who are maybe on the fence, this is something I definitely recommend. And if you want to get a better understanding of how maybe you would fit into the picture or what you can expect, I hope that this can be able to offer you some insight that you may have not gotten otherwise. So without further ado, actually, as I always do, we have to go over the title because I am quite proud of those. And this one was just a little bit of like a play on words, as you can see. So it's me and EM, which the ME and the EM, it was just too easy. Had to go for the low hanging fruit. So now, without further ado, let's get into it. Going into my first year of residency, I did have a strong interest in emergency medicine and critical care. I had taken emergency medicine as an elective during my appy year, as well as a critical care rotation. And both of those had really spoken to me, both the patient population as well as the medicine that's practiced in that arena but my emergency medicine rotation as a student I think really solidified for me where I saw myself in the long run and so being able to complete this rotation as a PGY1 resident now really was a different ball game for me I had a different perspective and really had different goals going into it than I did as a student which I'll definitely touch upon and so to set the scene and kind of give you an idea of where I was practicing for this rotation, I was at a level one trauma center with adult and pediatric patient populations. It is a comprehensive stroke center, as well as having a multitude of ICUs, including a burn unit. So definitely a place with um, the opportunity to see as many different disease states and traumas as possible. A big hub for Northern California, which was an incredible opportunity. And I definitely saw a multitude of cases that I may not have had the chance to see otherwise. This ED is about 120-ish beds. Uh, there are five pods, so labeled A through E, as well as an observational unit, uh, three trauma bays, recess rooms. We have an entire overflow area for our less acute critical patients, as well as an internal triage area. So it has 
everything and more that you can imagine. It's truly the place to be able to get this experience of triaging multiple different patients at different levels of acuity with different disease states. And I think for me, that was something I was incredibly excited about and something that has definitely proven to be an area where I can continue to grow. I took this rotation in October, and as I mentioned, I had an interest in emergency medicine very early on, and I did want to early commit. And I will absolutely talk about my entire early commit process experience, how I came to the conclusion, what that looked like for me, and really just dive into that in another episode. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But timing-wise, uh, my institution does a fantastic job. My director goes above and beyond to make sure that the rotations we're interested in pursuing a PGY-2 in, we get before the early commit deadline. The deadline fell around Halloween, so having this rotation in October was definitely something that I was grateful for. And uh, something else that was great about this timing for me in particular is that this was my first time being able to really act as a pharmacist. As I've mentioned in other podcast episodes, I was on med safety and antimicrobial stewardship prior to this rotation. And while I was licensed, there wasn't much order verification in either one of those rotations. So I showed up on my very first day of ED. I was a licensed pharmacist and I had some experience verifying with like my weekend staffing and whatnot, but I was really just like thrown into the mix of verifying on the go and things like that. And so You are speaking with residents um, in person. You're having conversations at the bedside, whether it be at a trauma or in the different pods. And so for me, it was really this opportunity to step up and really show what I was capable of. And it happened at the perfect opportunity of really being able to step into a role I hope to have held in the future. And I ended up being able to show that I was interested enough in this and had the ability to do so. And so being able to verify orders in this space and have this be the first opportunity, I was really focusing on how can I integrate, be a part of the team, manage all of my different competing priorities while still being of service to the majority. And so this emergency department is also incredible in the fact that there is 24-hour coverage by pharmacist staff, which is not something that you hear of quite often. So we not only have pharmacists on during the day and the evening, but also overnight. So there is always a pharmacist available um, in this emergency department. And it's crazy just to see how much and how integrated pharmacy is in this practice area. And it's definitely one of the biggest reasons that I saw this as something I wanted to pursue in the long run. So And that is kind of an overview of really the practice setting I was in and the things that I was thinking about and kind of all of the different things that were happening for me at that time in residency. So the next thing I want to touch upon, because not all of my listeners are residents, they may be pharmacists or pharmacy students, hopefully you all stretch across the spectrum of practice and clinical ability. And so for me, I think one of the things I've gotten questions about the most and something I had to sit down and consider before going into this rotation is, what were the differences going to be now that I was a resident versus what I took away from this experience as a student? I was a student in this exact emergency department and now being a resident, there are definitely some changes that I needed to prioritize and things that I was now going to be able to do. Now that you're licensed, you can verify orders, you can go speak to providers on your own and make these changes without really talking to anybody else because it's under your license and under your clinical discretion. And so for me, my goal was to go into this 
experience and really build my clinical independence. I wanted to manage my practice. And I think that's one of those terms. And I think it's on farm academic where I normally see it, where I think it can be a little bit vague and understanding what that means. But for us, when we go into the emergency department, we look at the queue of all of the orders. And for myself personally, I try to take responsibility of a pod. And so I'll go more into what my workflow looked like. But I think for me, the biggest thing at this point in my career and really being interested in wanting to stay on was showing that I could not only manage a wide variety of patients, I could think of what other things to consider for their care, ensure that what needs to be done is done for them and communicating with their providers in the event that I felt like there may be a gap. And I think for me, that was the biggest thing. And I think it continues to be my goal in every single rotation I do is to really just take it to the next level each time. As a student, when I would go in, I would look at the queue, but you can't really do much about the orders. You can evaluate them and go talk to the provider after speaking with your preceptor, which I think is super invaluable. If you're able to do that, it definitely helps out. Um, You are able to work up your patients in the pods. And so as a student, I would try to do this often. I would write out like a soap note type of situation. I would take claim of a pod. So like I mentioned, we had A through E. So I would, let's say, take C pod or Charlie pod, as we call it. And I would work up all the patients in that pod area. And I, for me, I think that was really valuable in being able to not only identify what things were done for this patient uh, on intake, what was done for them at this point, and what things should we also be doing for them before they get transferred to the floor. And so being able to run through this in practice with these patients like that really helped me to better think of what I would do on initial intake. The more you're able to build those skills and really solidify your baseline knowledge, the better you are at receiving and triaging and being able to handle many things at once. And so I think one of the other things that I really took into consideration as a student was looking at what the emergency medicine residents were doing at that point. So what were the PGY2 pharmacy residents doing that I could emulate? What are the easy things that I could pick up on? What would it be like to be them one day? What would they do first? What would they think about? What were they saying? How were they communicating? I would watch them. So one of the biggest things I picked up on is when there are things that are incoming to the ED, if we're in the trauma bays, I can grab NS flushes. I can grab syringes. I can grab needles. I can grab tubing. I know exactly where a lot of these different things are. If I know that a patient is coming in and And it may be an intubation situation. I can pull intubation meds. There are so many things that you can be ready for and set up for if you know what to look and to listen for. And so really taking those first couple of days, if you're ever on a rotation like this, to really watch, use your eyes, be an active listener, ask questions, will really be able to elevate you in the long run and being able to step up. And so... For me, having already done that as a student, it really was just taking it again to another level as a resident, which was managing my own practice. So showing up to all of these different things, uh, codes, uh, coming, going out into the pods and answering questions, helping out with the Pixis, verifying orders in the middle of things, and really just being the pharmacist, acting as the pharmacist, because that is what I was going to want to do very soon after. And now that we're recording this episode, it's going to be in a mere two and a half months. So It's exciting, especially when it's something that you know you want to do to really just step up, own your practice, and take care of things. There is no better feeling. So next up, we'll go ahead and talk about what my resident experience was like. So like I've mentioned, we have pharmacists on all hours of the day in this emergency department. And so the first day I showed up, I was the evening shift. So this is anywhere from like 2 to 3-ish to like 10 to 11-ish. I do not remember the specific times. I will become more familiar. And something that I want to mention 
even as a resident now and something that I definitely took to heart as a student is that there is nothing that is beneath you as far as tasks go. I know that that might be a controversial opinion, but there will never be an opportunity where someone asks me to do something and I feel like I am above it. I have so much to learn. I will always have so much to learn. And while yes, being able to delegate and understand what tasks are worth your time and worth prioritizing and which ones may be better suited for someone else, a very important skill. But something I see far too often and I feel like doesn't get stressed enough is this idea that being in a residency, being an Appy student, you are in this unique experience being able to fully immerse yourself in what it means to be in a practice area. So do everything, do anything. That small menial task that you think might not have any importance to you could be a question that comes up from somebody later down the line that you being able to answer, you've built rapport. You being able to take care of some sort of hardware issue with a Pixis may be able to build a relationship with somebody that you may not have had the opportunity to speak to otherwise. All of the small things, all these little tasks that look like they don't contribute to the bigger picture of what maybe you want out of something may just not be coming from the most obvious of places. Perfect example of that is on the very first day of showing up in the emergency department. I asked, where should I go? Is there anything I need to do before I get started? And they let me know that there is a home med. And that is something that anybody can do. Anybody can take care of that. I had experience doing it during my staffing in the central pharmacy. And instead of saying something like, oh, I've already had that experience or, oh, I already know how to do this or I've done this a million times, I immediately went and I did it. And I went, I took care of it, spoke with the patient, spoke with the patient's nurse. And right away, I was already immersed into my first day in the emergency department. And I was helping the team out by taking care of a task that needed to be done. I was setting up the uh, medicine team who was going to receive this patient to make sure the home med was already checked in. All of these small things that feel like, how could they possibly be contributing to me being an emergency medicine pharmacist? It's not the cool and exciting part. And it doesn't have to be. It's the underlying part. It's the background things that need to be taken care of. It's the stuff that we do to make sure that patients get good, solid care. And I think for me, taking every opportunity as a I get to rather than a I have to has really, really changed my mindset and residency and really just my attitude towards everything. So if there's anything I can stress about just any experience you have in pharmacy is look at it as, as an opportunity to learn because there is so much to be learned and to shoot down an opportunity would really just be doing yourself a disservice. And so that was kind of what I walked into on my first day. I just wanted to make that point because for me, it's really important and something I definitely wanted to share. But to talk a little bit about the workflow during my shift, when I normally come in, the first thing I do is I take a look at the track board we have and that assigns all of our patients to the unit that they'll be accepted into or to whatever their eventual dispo will be. I would check in on the ICU patients first in order to get a better understanding of what we had done for their care. So for me coming in, whether it be the morning or the afternoon, I'm still learning. I'm not in this space where I'm ready to just like, I can tell you how to take care of anything and everything. And so for me really coming in, seeing what we did for our really critical patients who came in maybe as a trauma or a medical activation is really great for me to be able to better understand like what are the things I need to be thinking of if I were to be left alone in those similar circumstances. And so I would look at what we did on intake, what we've been doing for them throughout their care and where they are now. And are they somebody that I need to be thinking about during the entirety of my shift? 
the next thing to do to do is then um, check in on the verification queue. So we get one-time orders all the time. And honestly, it's my favorite thing in the world. I love a good one-time order, but I think something to take into consideration is still being very careful. Because they are one-time orders, it's important to double check if a patient's already received another dose of this medication. And so while it's easy to get wrapped up in it and to be like, oh, that's really straightforward. Yes, that makes sense. It's important to also still do your due diligence. And so um, I would jump into the verification queue as a pharmacist now, definitely taking care of orders. Um, And I pushed myself to take care of the antibiotics that I could because I knew I needed more practice in that. And it's definitely oftentimes the orders that you have the most discussions about with providers. And I think something that really helped is standing out in the pods. And so I guess I never really gave a good description of what these pods look like, but these are the patients that are in the ED who have been seen by a provider, are waiting to be seen by a provider, and are either waiting to be admitted or they just need to be sent home with whatever discharge they need. And so these pods are like these U-shaped areas, and we have all of these workstations in the middle, and you can just stand out there and sign into a computer and work off of there. It's really easy to badge in and badge out of it. So you can be on the go to keep up with the pace of the emergency department. And so I think being out there and also just having like emergency medicine, pharmacy paraphernalia on is really helpful because oftentimes you'll get approached with questions. And if you are out in the pods, it definitely, again, makes you more accessible. You can also go to the bedside for patients who may have like interesting orders. So maybe if I see um, an order for gosh, let's think of something Well, like adenosine. If I see an order for adenosine come in, I'm going to bedside and I want to lay eyes on this patient as well, because I want to see what, what does this SVT look like? I want to get a better understanding. I want to hear that discussion that's happening with the providers. And so for me, that's one of the reasons I love emergency medicine is I like to be there. I like to be standing, walking around, moving, kind of keeping an eye on everything and all things that are happening around me and just being ready to go whenever it calls for it. On top of that, then the other thing that's going on on top of just the normal verification of orders are that there are overhead pages. And so we have a multitude of different things that can get called out from 911s to 922s, 933s, 944s. There's all these different things that get called out. And you have this small bit of information that may get relayed with it. And this gives you a heads up for any of the things that are coming into the ED that are not walk-ins. So whether it be by ambulance, yes, usually by ambulance, unless there's some sort of other emergency. And so the other things we get are stroke alerts and code blues um, in the hospital. So we are not only responsible for the code blues within the emergency department, but actually the entire first floor. So as when I was a student, I actually ran out to my first code blue all the way to a set of elevators. Uh, They ended up being okay, but um, sprinting through the hospital was very much like my Grey's Anatomy moment. I think I actually talked about this and used the exact same type of descriptor when I talked about it in a past episode, but one of the craziest experiences, but definitely being ready for a code blue. Um, and I think one of the other big things is that uh, when we get these pages overhead and things like that, for the ones that are like the activation, so the 911s to 944s, there's often this little banner that will pop up and give you a short description of the pertinent vitals as well as a small description of what happened. And so one of the big things about being in the ED is that you are working with a very limited amount of information. You often don't know who the patient is. You often don't know what any of their comorbidities are, uh, what their past medical history is, what medications they're taking you figure all of this out as the patient is arriving, as EMS is showing up with them, bringing them into the room, and you start to ask these questions. And so I think, again, 
at any, at any point, whenever you, if you take this rotation, watching how other people kind of extract information helped me build the way that I do it. So I let EMS give their whole report. I let all the doctors and everything like that do their um, initial trauma survey, speak with them as they need to. But as we kind of like wind down and kind of figure out what's going on, I'll try to look at any medical intake papers, anything that the patient came in, speak with EMS about any sort of um, pertinent medications that the patient may have mentioned to them on the way in. And so again, you just have to be ready and you show up to the trauma base, ready to receive the patient, keeping your eyes and your ears open, try to be prepared as you as much as you possibly can, which is not always possible. But again, part of the fun, part of the idea of really knowing your stuff and the reason that I take such time when I do initially come in, if time allows to really understand what we do for our critical patients. Something to make note of is the fact that since it is a level one trauma center, we do see a multitude of patients and whatnot. Uh, we go to the trauma bays quite often. And so this is, again, not where we take most of our patients, but those who need to be seen immediately. And for me, this is a great opportunity to show up when it's called and really get to speak with the other people on the medical team. So you have uh, nurses, CRNAs, residents, attending, since you don't necessarily round with them like you do on a normal service, when you all meet up in the trauma bays, or I guess even sometimes in the pods when they're out and about, this is a great opportunity to speak, to get to know one another, um, to build rapport. And I think this really helps because in a lot of the more critical cases, so our code blues, our traumas and things like that, knowing who your providers are and being able to establish communication and know that you can trust one another is huge. And so I'll talk about that a little bit more, but definitely take the time when something gets called to be in the room to get to know other people. Obviously, read a room. There are oftentimes situations in which things are happening very quickly, but there are often other times where we are just standing and waiting. And it's nice to talk to other people and get to know them because, again, there isn't much of that in the emergency department. But when you're all there waiting for a patient to come in, something that you know is happening, take care of what you need to take care of and then take that opportunity to really get to know others around you because emergency medicine is it's a community. It's a family. And the types of people you meet there if you really like what you do and if you really like emergency medicine, you'll find that there are people there that feel the same way too. And there's nothing nothing better really than to meet people who are passionate and care about the same things that you do. And so for me, the mo multiple nurses, residents, providers I've met, the, those experiences have really stuck with me and I'm looking forward to working with them again in the next year. The other thing, like I've already mentioned, is that when something is coming in, a trauma, whatever it may be, be ready. Have your supplies ready. That's your number one goal, your number one priority. Think about with the limited information you have, what do, do you want to do for this patient? What are the things that you know need to be done? Are we taking care of them? Have you talked with the provider? Um, do we need to make any sort of decisions before they come in? Can we make any plans based on what we may already know? And so for like a GCS of eight, we normally say intubate. So if you see on that little banner when it initially gets called that uh, the GCS is less than eight, you can almost guarantee you may need some meds. Um, if it's a stroke alert, we meet in a hallway as they are brought in. We run through the normal check of everything. Um, and at that point, we then fo follow the patient to the CT scanner. And I use that opportunity, that time in that moment to look up the patient because we usually have that information by then to check out the exclusion criteria for any of the fibrinolytics. So um, again, there's so much that you can be doing in the background and so much that happens. And 
it really is just about being there, physically being there. And I think that's, again, one of the greatest things about being in the emergency department is that you are there not only with your patient, but with the team. And it's an opportunity to discuss. You're there in real time making decisions about big things. And I think that's definitely something that's drawn me to this area of care. The last thing I want to talk about as far as workflow goes, the other thing we have are these things called voceras. So they're like tiny walkie talkies. If you follow me on Instagram at mayor.verk and you've ever seen my days in the life, I wear them often on my chest on my left side, I guess. And it's this little thing, again, like a walkie talkie, and it allows other people who have one to call you and to locate you, oddly enough. And so oftentimes I'll get calls on that. So it'll be to maybe verify medication, check on compatibility, to find meds, uh, solve any Pixis issues and whatnot. But I think for me, um, one of the coolest things about this particular setting I'm in is just how much pharmacy is brought into the mix. And I wanted to share with you all probably the first moment this year that I truly felt like a pharmacist. And I've been asked about it throughout the course of residency interviews and things like that by others. The moment that you felt like you really grew the most or you really noticed that you had grown into your own. And so for me personally, this day is what comes to my mind. It was the third week, the end of my third week. It was a Friday. And I got a call on one of the Voceras asking if the pharmacist can come to one area of the ED. And before I could even say yes, um, the nurse had hung up and I was just like, I hadn't thought twice about it. So I headed over and it ended up being a code and it had just started. And so they had called pharmacy immediately since we are the ones who handle the crash cart meds. And I jumped in immediately. I communicated with the R3, who's the resident at the head of the bed, the attendings there, all of the nurses, the CRNAs, and kind of talked to through where we were at at this point. How long had we been going? How long did they want to, or how often did they want to give Epi? We came up with our schedule and whatnot. And we went from there. We talked about the rhythm and kind of what the idea was, ran through the differentials of what could be causing this and took it from there. And at that point I had jumped in and I started doing what I needed to do, giving all the meds that I needed to give. I called my preceptor because again, it's better to be safe than to be sorry. And so while I was very much handling the code myself, I thought it was pertinent for them to know as this was not something that had been called overhead. And they came, my preceptor came and so did the other resident I was with. And they helped me out and we did the whole thing. And it was for the first time that I realized that I was really capable of doing this on my own. And it's something that you definitely build up towards. And it's not something that I would ever expect anybody to like set as a goal for themselves. It wasn't something I had set out to do, but I got the call and I sound was like any other call. And so of course you go to it and you never know what you're going to expect or what you're going to see. And so seeing myself be able to respond to a situation that I wasn't fully prepared for, I think I even blew myself away. And personally, on my own reflection, just being able to see how far I've come from being a student to now running this code alongside so many other providers who I've had the opportunity to work with and really put forth our best foot and do what we could for this patient was incredible. And it's something that I want to do for as long as possible. And it sealed for me in that moment on that day that this was what I wanted to do. And there was no doubt about it. And I, to this day, I, all I want to do is to learn anything and everything I can to make sure that no matter what scenario I get called into, I can do right by my patient. I can be that expert to my team. I can, I can be the pharmacist that people look to when they need help, when they have questions. And so really quickly, before I wrap things up, I kind of just wanted to talk about my general approach to emergency medicine and probably 
what mindset I think has served me the best. And it's the fact that when you're in the emergency department, at least for myself in particular, I learned almost none of that in pharmacy school. The area of practice that I am the most interested in, I had almost zero experience going into. And so for me, the biggest service I think I could have done for myself and that I did do was be teachable. I took any and every opportunity to watch, to listen, to jump in when necessary. I I wanted to be a part of it all and to be ready and to have your eyes open, ears open, I think will really serve you well in the event that you want to try a rotation like this. If you don't know how you can be best prepared is to show up with the attitude that you're willing to learn. And I know that that's something that sounds cliche and it's cliche for a reason because it's true. I think it's really easy to say that you'll go into a situation being teachable, but saying you'll be teachable and acting teachable are two very different things. Be hands-on be vocal about how best you learn, step up when you can, be helpful, see those moments, take those opportunities where you can step up and be of be of help and really make a difference and embrace them and don't be afraid of them and don't feel like you need to prove yourself again. That's not the point of any of this. The point of this is that there is so much to be learned and all of the little tasks that you do and all of the little things that you pick up on are all so important to the end goal that we all have. And that's to provide optimal patient care, to provide patient care that is allowing somebody to have another shot at whatever life has in store for them. And so anything you can do to be ready, to be engaged, to show that you want this will serve you well. And again, not to be obvious, but it definitely takes active work and it's active thought that you need to be engaged in at all times. Um, And on top of that, I think probably one of the biggest things that I'm able to enjoy the most is to see those crazy cases that you may not have the opportunity otherwise because I want to step up, I want to be present, I want to take part. And so just to give you an idea of some of the things you may see in the emergency department um, and things that I've had the opportunity, which are absolutely mind-blowing, are a thoracotomy where we get ended up giving intracardiac epi, uh, an esterotomy for a burn patient. I've seen EVD placement for a patient with viral meningitis, and I've also attended a multitude of codes. And all of these different things are all contributory to the experiences and the types of things that I know I want to see in the long run. And so there's so much out there and you never know what to expect. And I probably harped on it way too much at this point, but I love, I love this. There's, there's nothing I could see myself doing outside of this. And I really think that if you do have the opportunity to embrace it, to fully send it, no matter what area of practice you're in, to understand what it means for someone to come in in a really acute phase, and then to maybe not follow them all the way through their course, but to get to get them to a stable point where they're able to get a higher level of care um, is incredibly rewarding because you give people some hope. You're there. You're that first line introduction to medicine. And I think that that's an invaluable role that we can play. And to see the way that pharmacy can really make the difference, especially in the emergency department, is something I absolutely want to be a part of. So all of those things and so much more, as you can imagine, I have a lot to say about why I chose emergency medicine and the early commitment process and really wanting to pursue this for a whole another year, but again, for another time. Other things that we take care of in the emergency department include immunization. So I spoke to many about whether or not they wanted to receive their COVID vaccine. I drew up many COVID vaccines. And so that was a cool experience. Worked with a lot of the nurses to make sure that the patients were able to receive them before discharging. I also did med history. So medication reconciliations to make sure that the admitting teams would have all the information necessary when they started to verify 
admittance meds, including the home meds. Also have done some diabetes counseling. So oftentimes some patients may come in with DKA or HHS and might not know how to manage their diabetes at home. And so being the one to explain to them not only how their glucometer works, but the lancets, the strips, when to give their diabetes medications, whether that be orals or if it's insulin and all of that good stuff, we do that with them as well. Another really cool thing about the institution I'm at is that we do culture callbacks. And so if a patient comes in, they have a blood culture or any other culture taken, we receive the biofire. So the result of that, whether it be an ID of the organism, whether it be the actual um, MIC, so what susceptibilities there are, we then are able to call the patient, let them know if there are any changes that need to be made. We also do this for STIs, which I think is really important. And so being at the epicenter of that and really being able to be at that nexus of inpatient and outpatient is also something that's really intriguing to me and I would definitely want to become better at. And so again, all really cool experiences that I'm excited to really just become better at. Another cool part of this rotation experience, as I've already mentioned, is the fact that there's 24 hour coverage. So I actually did a week of overnights and I know that that sounds super crazy and not in a million years, if I look back at my life, did I ever think I'd be in a position where I thought this was something that was feasible for me, but I worked with both our overnight pharmacists. They're both absolutely incredible. And I had a fantastic experience with them both. And now that I'm getting closer to the end of my residency experience in general, granted, I'll probably be looking for jobs in literally a year from today. It's definitely something I could see myself doing in the long run and actually something I would seek out in particular. I think overnight is such a unique opportunity to be the one and only pharmacist amongst only a few others in the hospital on top of the fact that you are the one handling everything in the ED. And again, it's a smaller crew down there as well. So it's really an opportunity to get to know everyone. And for me, I'm a huge night owl. So this thing like really played out in my favor. And so I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, Obviously getting into overnights is quite easy to do and converting out of overnights was a little bit harder, but not something that would be impossible, I think, for myself in the long run. So something I'm definitely excited to explore further throughout my PGY2. Um, And I think one of the most notable things that I tell a lot of people is that on overnights, there is uh, this man in the cafeteria who makes the world's best French fries. Like, I kid you not, for five days straight, I was eating French fries at 2 a.m. And it would be all sorts of different like mixtures of like spices and rubs and things like that on top of it and every single one of them was phenomenal he is a chef extraordinaire and i am so excited for my next overnight opportunity it was brought to my attention that the slump i would usually hit around 4 a.m was most likely due to the high carb intake but you know what i was there for a good time not really a long time i mean like 10 hours was the shift eight hours was the shift um by the end of it so truly would not change that experience for anything else. And you will most likely catch me doing it again. So a great opportunity overall. And when I was there as a resident, I was with the other PGY2 emergency medicine resident and let me take control of all of the things. And he was just there for backup and helping me out and kind of quizzing me on the things that I'm thinking about. And so I think it was great because I was better able to build my differentials. So when someone comes in, what are all the possible ideologies of what they're coming in for? What are all the possible things I could be doing for them? And so having these uh, more spaced out opportunities and being able to discuss with him, I think really, again, solidified a lot of the learning I was doing. So 
there's just so much to take in. And I am so glad that there is a whole another year to really just be immersed in this because I know that I have so much room to grow. And I know that in a year from now, when I look back on this moment, it'll be just so crazy to me to think just how much I was able to take away from being able to give my all to this experience. And with that, I want to go ahead and wrap up today's episode and say thank you so much to all of you for taking the time to listen. I hope that this episode was able to give you some insight into what it means to be an emergency medicine pharmacist, what it means to be there as a resident. I shared a little bit of my student experience and, of course, just to understand that we are in a really unique spot as pharmacists, no matter where you practice, but especially in the emergency department, to have an impact, to touch the lives of so many people. And it's definitely something that I want to continue sharing as I embark on my PGY2 journey. So if you ever have any questions for me, if you ever want to learn more, follow along for more um, information on my day-to-day life, things like that, you can find me on Instagram at mayor.verk or at my podcast Instagram at Life on the Farm Podcast. And until we speak again, I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.